I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leeds Art Week. Sometimes the best marketing campaign is the one you never expected. In an age when every shareable moment matters, especially because getting consumers to engage with your product can feel tiresome, Ring has built an empire of smart home devices off of those shareable moments. Our marketing teams are very performance driven in terms of where we're spending our dollars and certainly paying attention to things such as share voice and earned media and sort of engagement that we have. The teams are really aware of what's happening and how those videos are really powerful in terms of delivering context behind our products and what they're doing. Founded in 2014, Ring has grown from its humble origins as a video doorbell into a full-fledged line of products and services that include security cameras, smart lights, and security systems. On this episode of Marketing Trends, Mimi Swain, the Chief Revenue Officer at Ring, offers up examples of how Ring uses these shareable moments to build a community of loyal users and also expands on how Ring expanded its product line from a modest doorbell to a robust offering. And she talks about the importance of showing up where your customers are. Enjoy this episode. This message is brought to you by Salesforce. Hey marketers, today's B2B buyers are more complex than ever. And every buying committee has different needs and goals. Salesforce can help. We'll show you how to put each and every customer at the center of your B2B marketing strategy. And you'll learn how top brands like Lyft approach account-based marketing. Salesforce, market to every account, speak to every buyer. Find free B2B marketing and ABM resources at sfdc.co slash every dash buyer. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, host of Marketing Trends, and today we are joined by a special guest, Mimi. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me, Ian. So excited to have you on the show. Excited to have a chief revenue officer on the show. Uh, we obviously always talk about how marketing leaders become CMOs, how they become CROs and being close to revenue. Uh, and, and what a chance to talk revenue with you and all the amazing things at Ring. I have a Ring. Aaron, our producer, has a Ring. Um, so we're, we're going to be... Uh, uh, we're going to be talking all that in your background. So let's get into it. How'd you get started in marketing? Oh, I think um, I'm so excited to hear you guys are, you know, ring owners and love to talk through your experience. But as far as like my started marketing, I've always been really interested in consumer behavior and I loved retail. And I used those two interests as the launch pad for my career. I've been really honored to work for some incredible brands. Before ring, I worked at Dyson and I worked at Sonos. Um, at Dyson, I actually started in the field with them, managing a territory that spanned, you know, the Midwest across Kansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma, which really meant a lot of road time. But I really, in that role, got a lot of firsthand customer experience. I was doing a merchandising role, so working with like retailers, but also I eventually, you know, worked my way into a corporate marketing role, and I used, you know, that experience in retail and that, you know, focus on the customer to really put that into the work that I was doing every day. And it was an incredible like learning experience. I, you know, as a marketer, I talk a lot about like these toolbox of experiences. I just took every opportunity to learn as much as I could, you know, to put into this toolbox. And I just became known as this person who could get stuff done. Um, And so I worked across like trade marketing, I worked in product marketing, and then 
after a few years of being at Dyson, I went to Sonos. My husband actually had an opportunity to move to uh, Los Angeles. And so we took an opportunity to work at Sonos. And at the time they were doing a lot of work in professional installation and they wanted to expand into mass. And so I led their Ampac uh, retail function to help with their mass expansion. It coincided with the time that they were relaunching the brand. And so it was really experience driven. Uh, I'm a music lover. And so that was just fun for me to, to think about how to bring experience into like marketing, how we were translating something that seemed very technical to make it really consumer friendly, to sell like at a Target, to sell at a Best Buy. And I took those collective experiences, you know, to, you know, to, to lead me to Ring. And that was, I think, a big part of like what drove the success I've seen at Ring so far. You know, it's, you, you really have picked some of the iconic, uh, iconic brands. Uh, I had a, I had a Dyson for many years. In fact, I'm in, I'm in the market for a new vacuum. Uh, I don't have, I borrowed my, my sister's vacuum and I never gave it back. So I'm in the market for a new one, but, uh, and no Sonos yet, but I'm also looking for a, for a home theater system. So, you know, I'm happy to talk offline about seriously. how we can sort of like outfit there your home. There we go. I know. Cross vacuums. We'll, we'll get it all set up. Systems. Well, and you know, and I think it kind of speaks to this broader shift that is, you know, houses changing, you know, innovation and in products um, and how, you know, people like yourself, really sharp marketers uh, were, were at these companies to get these, you know, iconic brands in, in, you know, millions and millions of homes. Um, and I'm curious, you know, you know, flash forward to your, your time at Ring, you're the CRO. Why the chief revenue officer? What does the chief revenue officer do for Ring? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned it because it's, you know, it's sort of been a title that's sort of come up in the last few years. And I think so much of the work today, I think just given that I have so many groups that report to me that are all working on how to drive recognition and revenue for Ring, it was like, what's the right sort of title for me that would be all-encompassing given that I have such a uh, sort of a broad group of folks that are working, you know, within my organization to, you know, deliver for our customers. And so revenue just seemed to be like the best fit in terms of like where our focus is, because we, you know, within my group, we're always thinking about ways we can continue to invent for the customer how do we deepen our relationships with our external like retail partners, such as like a Best Buy or Home Depot? What are the different like programs and pricing we're putting together? So revenue just seemed to be a, you know, sort of a better fit in terms of where our focus is and, you know, the efforts that the team um, are putting together behind, you know, our initiatives. And so how much do you think about, I don't want to say traditional marketing, uh, because it sounds like a lot of those things, I, you know, I'd argue, you know, our marketing, you know, some would say that they're more sales specific or whatever, but I think this is this is kind of the modern CMO, right? It's like no matter who you are, you have a number that you are responsible for, and it's it's mostly just you know who uh, how do you how do you break up that number uh, and and those responsibilities? Yeah, I think you know it's it, it all goes back to how are you driving relevance for your brand? How are you driving engagement? And I think it comes across in a number of different ways. I think you know certainly for my within my team and organization, it's very focused on promotionally driven things, campaigns, specific things that are happening with partners. I work really closely with our head of brand who is focused a lot on our above the line campaigns and what we're doing from a social perspective. But but we certainly are working really closely together because it's through the channels that we show up in that we are amplifying that message. You know, the the message that's, you know, rooted in like our mission of creating safer neighborhoods at Ring. And so how do we, how do we tell those you know, customer stories or neighbors is what we call our customers. How do we tell those neighbor stories? How do we demonstrate, you know, the use cases in which our neighbors are using our products? And so those 
those work really closely together. And so I think there isn't, you know, like much of a separation. And so we work really collaboratively together. You know, this, this past year, obviously we've, we've been at home a lot. Um, and we've gotten way more packages. We've gotten, you know, there's, there's been uh, a rise in all sorts of things that are going on. I'm, I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit, but it seems like a solution like ring, you know, should have been around a long time ago. And when it came, when it came around, it was this obvious, oh my goodness, like, you know, the doorbell has been the exact same for a long time. And now, uh, and now we can see who's there. And, you know, we've all seen the, uh, I feel like I see a, a video of some sort of viral ring video, uh, on, on Instagram, uh, just about every day at this point. What is the scope of where Ring is at right now um, as a as a company and in, in, in people's homes and and what uh, what are you working on to to grow uh, the Ring brand? Yeah, I think you bring up an interesting point, Ian, because we like every day, you know, hear those stories about how our products are bringing you know impact to like our neighbors' lives. Like I'm reminded of a story from just even in March about like a ring camera that like alerted a family in Quincy, Massachusetts about like this massive, you know, it was a sleeping family and there was a massive house fire and, uh, you know, the camera allowed them to safely evacuate, you know, their home before it was destroyed. And they, you know, credited the ring camera to saving their lives. And so like, that's, you know, stories like that, that continue to drive our mission that are like really powerful to hear. Certainly we also have like the fun stories that, you know, like even you mentioned that you mentioned, about like a possum sighting, uh, but certainly like the animal crossings. And so like to have, you know, stories like that, to have neighbors trust us, you know, with like having this connection to their home, I think that's really powerful. That's really helped to build our brand. You know, we started out as this doorbell company and like it was, you know, bringing, you know, innovation, you know, to the front door and bringing that connection to your home. And over the years, it's really expanded to broaden like the portfolio to add like cameras and alarms and like, I think for us, like a big tenant is really giving our neighbors, our customers, like a choice in, you know, selection of like products. And, and that also touches like different price points and use cases, because we want to just provide them the solutions they need, you know, for their home and, and that connection that they seek. Certainly in 2020, we, you know, we found ways that like, you know, to st- continue to, you know, stay connected and bring value to like our neighbors. Yeah, that's uh, we have. That's my possum, uh, a local neighborhood possum that uh, I left my trash out on my front door for a few hours unattended, and 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 got a visitor uh, captured, uh, <laughs> captured on camera. But I think you know, I think it speaks to um, you know this connected home, what everyone is you know moving towards, uh, understanding you know when you're when you're not at home, when you are at home, all of these different things that people have you know an understanding of their their security better than, than ever before. It seems like there's a future where this is in every house, right? Um, I mean, I'm sure obviously you all want that. Um, but it seems like there's, uh, there's a future where, you know, all of the different services that, that you have with security cameras and smart lighting, uh, and obviously the video doorbells and things like that. In addition to, you know, your, your business products as well, that this is, you know, if we look forward, you know, 20 years in the future, it seems like everyone would have this stuff, right? I mean, I certainly think like even for the past, you know, six years that I've been with Ring, like I've seen this, you know, evolution of the adoption of our products. And I think that, you know, from a brand, like we've always been, uh, we've always strived to be very like friendly and approachable and really clear, you know, in our messaging about like the value that we bring. I mean, you see it even in like 
our naming of our products. It's it's a ring video doorbell. Like it's like, okay, it's clear on like what this is. And so like, I think that's really like resonated with, you know, with many consumers and neighbors, like seeing ring products on homes across the U.S. and a number of different neighborhoods really speaks to, I think, how engaged neighbors are in our products, how they believe in like the mission and sort of the value that we're bringing um, with our products. And so I think that's really, that's really motivating to see that it's resonating, you know, across the country and, and, and globally. So what are some of the strategies and tactics that you've used over the past six years to help grow that ring brand awareness and, and drive, drive revenue? You know, we believe in that customer choice, right? And not just like across like the portfolio or price points, but also like where, you know, neighbors can buy our products. And so we have a very broad distribution network in terms of where we could, you could buy our products, whether it's like at a Target or a Home Depot or a Lowe's or like a, you know, an Amazon or QVC. I think we used retail as a way to ensure that like we were available and, and, you know, relevant in those channels where, you know, like neighbors are looking for solutions. Um, You know, we've made a a lot of investments, you know, in our media to, you know, show up in like TV campaigns. Uh, Certainly like the content from a user generated perspective has helped to, you know, feel the growth. There's a ton specific to like word of mouth that just really helped to like grow the brand and and you touched on it too. I think it's just those stories we hear every day of things that people are capturing on their cameras that are, you know, pervasive across like social platforms that really help to continue to, you know, to grow like our our brand awareness and and sort of like the work that we're doing like every day, you know, on behalf of our customers. When that stuff first started happening, when you started seeing the first kind of like viral videos that have that ring logo on there where it's like, you know, a bear sighting or, a, you know, two drunk people coming back after a night at the bars, like stumbling and falling and stuff like that, or, you know, whatever it is, like I said, you see these every day now. But when that first happened, like, what were what were your thoughts when you started seeing those come about? It was really just like incredible. Like, I think as like, you know, we grew, like, I think like the amount of like content that like came in of like things that were happening at their front door, like they were just like incredible. We actually, um, a few years ago, I think took some of like the best clips just like sort of cut into like a TV campaign. And one we did were around like package deliveries and, uh, and showing just like the different, the different like clips that we'd gotten, you know, over the years from different neighbors of things happening at their front door that ended up being these really like catchy, like, you know, viral videos that we had around like package delivery. One of the things that came out of our products that was the surprise is just like how families were using them as like this like communication method, almost like this sort of intercom, like to like reach their parents. Cause like I could press this button on my front door and reach my mom or dad, like on their phone because they're at work or wherever to ask if I can go play at, you know, so-and-so's house or could we have pizza for dinner? And so like, they were these like amazing moments that like, I think was somewhat unexpected. Um, that like came together that create this like Father's Day campaign that we did um, a few years ago, which was just really fun and, and really showed like that connection that families have with our products that like I, I feel proud to be like part of that. Yeah, it's really great. It's something that every single marketer wants. Like we all sit and and pull our hair out to try to figure out how to create how to create user generated content, how our customers can can share things, how to go viral and all that stuff. And it all of a sudden this all of this stuff started happening Do you, do you, do you track that stuff? Do you have like, you know, are you looking at like, you know, quote unquote earned media or things like that of what type of, uh, what type of experiences that, that you're able to see across all of those, uh, all of those different, you know, social channels where people are, uh, 
I mean, I'm probably not tagging ring right and left, but like, like we said, the, you know, your, your brand is in the image. You know, our marketing teams are very, you know, performance driven in terms of like where we're spending our dollars and certainly paying attention to things, you know, such as share voice and sort of the earned media and sort of engagement that we have. And, and we certainly have seen like pickup of different events that happened at people's front doors or in their lawns. And, and certainly like the animal crossings have been a big one. Um, during the quarantine, there actually was like one of a Girl Scout who's going sort of door to door, like selling her cookies, you know, door to door and like how just like adorable and like the scrappy, like sales, like tactics that she had that were just sort of amazing that like got picked up on, uh, you know, like across like morning, you know, syndicates and things like that, that are just like, you know, the stories that like ring is really, uh, like capturing and that's, it's fun to that. But yeah, the teams are really aware of, uh, of sort of like what's happening and, and how those videos are really powerful in terms of delivering like context behind our products and what they're doing. And, and it's like an unexpected like use case because I think you think, you know, we lead with security for our products, but they end up being this big part of like capturing like what's happening at the front door, you know, like fun moments to other things that you want to keep a closer eye on. And so that's been, that's been this sort of like unexpected piece for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's what, what is so funny about it, right? Is like you, you buy the system for security, but you know, it's, it's your kid asking for pizza for dinner, uh, and all of those little memorable moment, moments that, that really endear people to the product. Yeah, completely. I, uh, I got my ring doorbell, uh, I think like six years ago, I actually bought it at Home Depot and I was amazed at how little happened at my front door, but I'm actually okay with that. I was just like, wow, like no one comes to my door during the day, which is actually a good thing. Yeah. No kidding. Right. Um, so, you know, you obviously started there, whereas predominantly just the doorbell. Now you have a suite of products. I'm curious, like, how do you, how did you think about pivoting from, from that one place? Because I know that's often a very difficult thing for, uh, for a company to be able to pivot from their one primary thing that everybody knows them for and, and adding uh, a whole suite of new things. You know, it can be scary because I think, you know, success in a business, I think focus is a big part of that. Right. And so like, there's always this like concern, I think around like, we're super focused on this, like these things that we add on, like, is that going to take us away from our focus? Is that going to sort of change our momentum? Um, And so like, I think it's something that like, you know, for us, like we had to really think about like really in the early days, we had the ring video doorbell, you know, we were getting some momentum with it, but like, there was this sort of like desire of like, okay, like we always talked about the doorbell providing like this ring of security around your home, around the front door. But like, obviously like there are areas beyond your front door, like around the home and like around the community. I remember like being in Jamie Simonoff, who's our chief inventor and founder. I remember being in his office and him showing me sort of like a new, you know, product we were coming up with. And it was, it was a security camera, but he was like, look, it's, it's a stick up cam. You just like stick it up. And I was like, I love that because it just, it was so convenient. Like it was like, yeah, that sounds easy. Like I don't have to puzzle through like how to install it. Like you just stick it up. And so I thought it was, it was such a great thing, but it was definitely, you know, for us, like we had to sort of revisit, like, how do we, how do we focus? Like, how do we make sure we stay, you know, super relevant, like in the doorbell space and that solution, but also like talk through, you know, these like product expansions. And I think as we, we did it more like with lighting and we did it with like alarm, it became it evolved from just like the front door to like those three rings of security around your home and around your neighborhood as we were building out like this community aspect of our products. And, and so like, it became like, it went from just being at the front door to being like this whole home security solution that we're, you know, we're really leaning into because we certainly, you know, are big, a big part of what we're doing is 
how do we provide like those solutions to, you know, our neighbors for what they need. And so it was a big shift for us that, you know, didn't happen overnight. And I think we had to get really comfortable, but uh, you know, the teams, you know, they, they did it. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. So when you, when you pivot into the security space, I mean, I guess technically you've kind of always been there, but as like a, a newcomer with a new technology and, and something very different, I'd imagine that those, you know, those massive amount of early adopters are just excited for something new. But when you're really pushing into to the security space where there's a bunch of entrenched people that have been there a long time, how did you think about marketing uh, to customers to pull market share away from other folks that uh, maybe didn't have as innovative solutions, um, but probably have, have had customers for years and years? Yeah, I think as we think about, you know, Alarm, there certainly were, you know, players in the space that certainly had a playbook that they were playing from. And I think as we were thinking about Alarm, it was important for us to play at this aspect of like this DIY security solution that was really easy to use and not, you know, cost prohibitive to most users, because I think traditionally it, it had been a slightly different model that was a lot more hands-on that was maybe, you know, contract driven. And so I think for us, like a big part of like that fit into like our brand of being like friendly and approachable and really helping neighbors, like, you know, like not have to puzzle through things. Um, I think ring alarm for us was, a DIY security solution that like was much easier to install. You know, it did have like professional monitoring, but they could do it themselves. They didn't have to be sort of locked into like the traditional model. We were really focused on how do we create this like affordable system that could be, you know, curated to each user's home for like what they needed and really bring like, you know, peace of mind to customers when they were home or away. I think we focused a lot on the transparency of our message in terms of like the cost and that, and we thought about different ways that we could uh, intercept it, how disruptive we were being, you know, within the category that hadn't seen a lot of innovation, you know, create a really engaging, you know, solution for customers. And so we partnered with like our retail partners to like make sure that we showed up in a very relevant way. But I think it was all like rooted in like this really like easy way to like bring, you know, alarm solution like to your home. You mentioned your partners, um, the all the different, you know, places that that you're that you're selling ring. I think, you know, for a lot of, uh, a lot of CPG companies, the idea that they could have a really strong go-to-market that's, you know, digital first and, or digital native or, or, or what have you, um, is something that they wish they, they wish they could have. You all obviously have a very strong digital presence, but you also, you know, chose to, to go to market, you know, wherever people are, are kind of looking for this. Can you kind of talk through that you know, that idea and like why it was so important to to be everywhere? Yeah, I think it goes back to it's, you know, it's like a little bit, it's a little bit different because so many companies, as you say, now like kind of started this, like they have their direct consumer site and then they to find additional growth and like open their own stores or they go through like distribution. I think for us, like we really uh, approach it from the beginning of like retailers being uh, the place that customers were shopping for these solutions. And it was our best way, like, we always thought of just having that real estate in store as like a marketing investment, right? Like to be there and be relevant and like, and have those eyeballs every day of people that were shopping a store, like it was really important to us. And so like really early on, I think we were focused on this like broad distribution strategy. Like we wanted to show up everywhere. It was relevant for anyone who might be looking for, you know, a doorbell solution. You know, even for me, like before I, I worked at Ring, like I was thinking about like, where, where can I get this ring video doorbell? Like, and I immediately thought of places like uh, in the DIY segment, like I would just go there because that's where I expected to find it. But, but certainly like partners, like, you know, like a Best Buy and Target, like they certainly are, 
you know, very like relevant partners for us too, that where people are looking for those solutions. And so like we focused on this really broad like distribution so that we could just show up in places where people were shopping and looking for solutions. And and we wanted Ring to be there. I think that was a big part of our, you know, our strategy of like marketing on, on TV to also ensure that we could be found in a lot of different places. And that really worked for us. In, and in parallel, we were building our, you know, our online business, whether it was through Amazon or our own direct business. For me, like as the chief revenue officer, like it's, it's great to see like all of these different channels that we are playing in, whether it's like through traditional retail, uh, we also do some business with like home builders and also like installers who are doing like these kind of whole home solutions. Like it's, it's great that like Ring can be a big part of Ring and play a part in all of these different channels. How do you think about um, your marketing tech stack? What do you think the, you know, the modern, the modern marketing uh, team, uh, you know, just, I guess, kind of overall from a strategy perspective, how do you think about it? And then what, what sort of tools and services uh, do you all uh, think about to build a comprehensive data profile for your customers? Specific to like customers, I think we are really focused on like less on sort of like data on our customers, but more like feedback in terms of like how they're using our products, like what's like what the reviews are. And so we're very like religious about reading like, you know, the good and the bad reviews to like take that to help inform, you know, like our marketing strategy, like how we can make things, how we can continue to unpuzzle things for you know, our neighbors, whether it's through like better education. And so I think we like, we're really focused more on just sort of like, how do we, you know, stay really close to the customer and get that feedback to drive some of the, you know, the actions that we take. Um, I think if I think about some of the metrics that I think it's important, you know, to look at, you know, when you're growing like your brand and product, obviously like your star ratings are really important, but I think if you think about the category that you're playing in, it's important to look at like, you know, your share of voice, like the feedback, you know, the attention, like, you know, those engagement like measures to see if like your messages are like resonating in the way that you want. Um, And then we, we closely track like attribution and conversion and, you know, tied to anything specific to any like marketing spend that we're doing. You've been at Ring for, uh, for a number of years here. Do you have any favorite marketing campaigns uh, or just, you know, campaigns in general that uh, you've been a part of or seen? Yeah, this is actually my sixth year with Ring, which is just crazy that it's, you know, it's been that many years. Um, we've worked on a number of different campaigns, but I, I would say like I, I've i helped to, you know, launch like hundreds of like devices and accessories, you know, with my team. And uh, we've won, you know, multiple awards with retail partners, including like with Lowe's. We, last year, we were like their innovative partner of the year. My team is responsible for a record-breaking like 22 million video doorbells sold on QVC on Black Saturday a few years ago. Like that was like, you know, that was something that was just like really incredible, like to be a part of, you know, to have that moment. I think selling on TV for me has been, you know, really interesting because it was a great medium to be able to demonstrate your products. Um, on QVC, they do something called uh, T-calls, which are testimonial calls, where they ask for any viewers who have the products to call in and talk about like what they love or hate about the product. Often it's very positive, but it's great to hear from, you know, those neighbors live on like the things that they've caught on their camera, what they loved about it, how easy it was, how customer service took care of them. And so that was really, you know, fulfilling. And so I'm, I'm pretty proud of the work we did there. And I actually was a guest for Ring at 3am with 30 people watching, 27 of those people being people I was related to. Um, But it was like, it was great kind of full circle for me to get out of my comfort zone and do that. But I, you know, I, I think that's one of the things I've been most proud of. Yeah, that's rad. Not a lot of people uh, doing the, 
doing the live QVC, a lot of pressure there? I mean, at 3 a.m., there's less pressure, but certainly like there are things that like they they certainly have a format. They're very conversational and they're selling, but it's it's a balance you have to straddle between like how much do you get into like some of the details when you're really close to the products and you've worked at the company for so long, like it's easy to go really deep into it where like you've got to make sure you just like frame it up in a way that's very like understandable and digestible for like the viewers. But if you like, drop something or whatever. You can be on those QVC fail videos. You never want to, you never want to be viral in that way. You don't want to be that sword guy that that's that video that's like kind of floating around. Right. <laughs> or the ladder guy. You got me Odell. I, uh, <laughs> uh, I've probably watched all this. I used to watch those sword. I knew both who both of those were because my buddy and I used to watch that like super late at night for whatever reason, you know, be watching QVC. And I remember watching those guys. So Odell, great. What's next? What's next for, for, uh, for Ring? What's next for, for marketing campaigns and other partnerships and, and fun things you have in the works? I think for us, like there is, you know, like we're going to go into like the back half and there are certainly like uh, moments specific to like holiday that like feel a lot of like what we, you know, what we consider like doorbell season given like the number of deliveries, certainly like as folks get, you know, more together, I think there's some like natural moments for us to to show up, but certainly like, you know, holiday gatherings and things like that. So there's uh, a lot of fun stuff we have planned for like the back half of the year from a campaign perspective. So that's, that's always fun. Halloween is, you know, what I would say is like the Super Bowl of doorbells. Maybe I should say the big game, sorry, the big game of uh, doorbells. And so like, I'm excited to see, you know, like some of the things that the teams are doing uh, specific, you know, our teams are doing specific for like Halloween. Okay, let's get into our lightning round questions. These questions are fast and easy, just like marketing with Salesforce. Salesforce is the world's number one CRM and you want to be marketing on the world's number one CRM. Go to salesforce.com slash marketing to learn more. Salesforce brings marketing and engagement together. And they've been with us for 300 episodes, literally years at this point of marketing trends goodness just for you. Go to salesforce.com slash marketing to learn more. Lightning round questions. Mimi, are you ready? I hope so. Number one, who is your favorite Kansas Jayhawk of all time? What is the number one place to eat in Lawrence, Kansas? That's a tough one. I'd say 715, followed closely by Free State Brewery. (laughs) Um, If you were not in marketing or business at all, what do you think you'd be doing? I think I'd be a chef, but although I think sort of cooking at home for the last 14 months probably got that out of my system, but I'd be a chef. What's uh, What's your signature dish? Oh, I do a really great like spring roll salad. Ooh, that's good. It's lunchtime here in sunny California. So uh, I, I, maybe a spring roll salad will be in my near future. Um, do you have a book or podcast or, uh, or TV show or something that you've been checking out recently? Um, you know, I think for a TV show, I have been really deep in like British crime dramas. Like someone recently like equated to like a spa for your brain. So I've been watching like Midsummer Murders. Mm. I don't know if anyone's familiar with it. There's like 20. I know seasons. Midsummer's Murders. My mom is is been on the the British. I've seen all of Hercule Pro. I've seen uh, all of Miss Marple. I got it all. I'm I'm with you. I love it. What do you do for fun? I live in LA, so I love obviously like the restaurant scene. Now things are opening up. Uh, love being outdoors. Uh, going on hikes, you know, I play golf with my husband, Jamie, uh, and I love spending time with my daughter, Gabby. She's 14 months old and just incredible. 
What is your best advice for a first-time chief revenue officer? I think you really have to think about the things that got you to where you are, like aren't the things that are going to get you where you want to be as a leader. So you really have to think about, you know, like ways that you're going to continue to scale yourself as a leader. I think hiring is really important. I think it's important not to just hire for skill sets, but hire for like curiosity in terms of like building out your team. And then I think it's really important, like, you know, it's not talked about a lot, but like leadership can be lonely. So I think it's important to have like a network of different point of views, like have your squad of people that can, you know, champion you and bounce ideas off of and for you to, you know, have a sounding board. Couldn't agree more. Mimi, this has been wonderful having you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Any final thoughts? Anything to plug? Oh, by the way, I didn't ask about uh, Chief. Did you want to talk about that as well? I'm happy to touch on it. I think it just speaks to like the, you know, that my last comment around just like having, you know, having that squad of people that you can trust. I mean, I think that's been incredible for me to have almost like this personal like board of like directors of like strong female leaders for me to, you know, talk to, uh, you know, talk through like any issues I have or questions and just like help each other. Chief has been a phenomenal organization that I've been a part of for the last year. Awesome. Mimi's also hiring. So go check out the, uh, the job board over a ring. I think if, if folks that want to, you know, they want to work for a company that's never going to stop like innovating products and services for their customers, that's really customer obsessed. Like this is, this is a place to be. So happy for folks to reach out. Yeah. Check it out and we'll, we'll link it up in the show notes. Maybe. Thanks again. This has been awesome and uh, take care. Ian, thanks for having me. Have a great day. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, The messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.